get ready. I mean, get ready, 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 ready. Welcome, 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 mentees. We are so excited to have you back with us at our Intentional Leadership Podcast, powered by Academy of Dallas and Bear County Academy Public Charter Schools. I am your host, Dr. Ross, and today we have none other than Mia Ramsey. <laughs> who is going to share, enlighten, and brighten our day with great information. So let's welcome <laughs> Mia. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Williams. I'm so grateful to be here, to have this opportunity. Wish I was in person, but this, listen, technology works so Seeing you is enough for me right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we have so many uh, opportunities that we didn't have before. And, you know, I'm getting acclimated to now the the Zoom and being able right. to have that connection, <laughs> that personal connection via technology. So we're excited yeah. that you could join us and I get a chance yes. to see you and, and, <laughs> and the audience will be able to see you as well as a part That's of the awesome. process. So, Mia, let's start off by just kind of telling us a little bit about yourself what you do, where, you, where you're from, and so forth. And then we'll talk about our connection. Well, let me start by saying I'm repping the great state of Missouri, where <laughs> we live with the home, the, the, the champions of football, the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> we just don't want to get that out I there. love it, love it, love it. Root for the home yes, team, yes. yes. Yeah, we got to root for the home team. But I am in Kansas City, Missouri. I was born in Jackson, Mississippi, but um, born. Uh, I was raised here in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, just a little bit about me. I'm a, um, a wife of now 20, going on 26 years uh, with my husband, Darrell Ramsey, and we have two beautiful daughters, um, Taylor and Sydney. Um, my youngest is about to be 16. I just, you know, I'm like, where? I just felt like I just was just in the hospital. My water just broke. I, I don't know. I, she's about to be 16. And then wow. I have um, a soon to be 23 year old. So that's the home life. But um, professionally, I am a new author. Um, congratulations on that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes. Congratulations. Uh, but I'm also the new executive director of the Kansas City Boys Choir and the Kansas City Girls Choir, which has a 26 year history here in Kansas City, Missouri. Their founder um, and um, executive director decided to retire and called me. He was like, Mia, I don't know anyone else that I would trust with this endeavor than you. And so I'm humbled and grateful. So I haven't even completed my first year yet, but I'm very excited about all of the opportunities that they have. And then um, I also co-own um, uh, uh, a business with my my oldest daughter, uh, Jaywear Apparel and Accessories. We've been in business, I think it's been about 15 years now. She just came on as a co-owner about two years ago. And so um, we have been busy. It's family reunion time. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody is planning. So we've been kind of busy. Um, and then I am 
co-founder of Two Peas in a Pod, a um, uh, public relations and brand marketing uh, company with my friend Nikita Spearman, which uh, you and I have a mutual friend in her. Yes. She is a gem to me. And, um, and so we've been extremely busy with that, but I'm also an elder uh, at my church. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so um, minister of music at my church. I just, listen, it's too many hats. It's too many hats. Too many hats, Dr. Williams, and not enough money. Listen, a lot I, of stuff saying. I, I hear you. I hear you. But what I do hear is this is a woman that is an entrepreneur, and you know that both districts that I serve as superintendent for focuses on entrepreneurship and mm-hmm. being a minority, uh, an African-American female, you know, we definitely want to have some conversations around that, the challenges that you face or what have you, but also some of the the success stories. You know, one of the the main things that I want to bring out of this broadcast is allow students the opportunity to see faces that mirror themselves Mm -hmm. and and expose them to all the potentials that they have in life to let them know that they can do it just like Mia has done. You know, so yeah, Absolutely. So let's get to it. Um, yes, sir. So let's talk talk specifically uh, uh, with me about, you know, as an entrepreneur, the work ethic that comes with uh, that particular role. Yes, sir. Uh, I think my, you know, I could probably go back years ago and, and pick up something when I was a teen or, you know, a, um, a middle schooler and pinpoint something that piqued my interest to become an entrepreneur. But um, specifically when I turned 20, I think I had turned 22 and I wanted to, (laughs) I was working for Time Warner at the time and I had a really good job, but there was something in me, Dr. Williams, that um, just, it begged for me to be my own. I, I, I needed to, I needed to have definition of who I was. And so, um, I just, I, I kept thinking, you know, Lord, what is this? And um, I, and I'll be speaking, listen, I'm here because of my belief and, and my faith and my faith plays a large role. And so um, through prayer, I was like, there's something else. There has to be something else for me. It, I don't mind helping somebody else with their business, but I would like to own my own. And so my very first official business um, was the Black Coffee Club bookstore. Wow. And so uh, there was a a location here locally and my grandfather was a jack of all trades, um, but he was a builder. And so I told him what I wanted to do. We found a location. He built me a bar. And so I I created a a coffee club and a bookstore. And I only lasted a year, Dr. Williams. But out of that, I created my band. I have a um, Christian soul band. We just celebrated 20 years. And uh, I, I would have, before anybody was doing it, I had um, poetry sets. So we would have poetry sets, live music, and nobody here in Kansas City was doing it. I just knew there was something that I wanted to do. And so people would come, I would host book clubs. And, and so after about a year, I was like, that was good, but it just didn't generate enough money. But what it told me was I could do it. And I think a lot of times we're so caught up in all of the, the particulars that it becomes daunting and we won't do it. We won't take the leap of faith because it looks overwhelming, but God never required us to have all of it. He just wanted us to have a mustard seed enough of it. Absolutely. So he would 
you know, provide everything else. And so from there, the next business that I started was Jayware. And like I said, we're 15 years in and it has been great. But being a minority, um, not only uh, a woman, but a black woman has had its challenges. And so um, when you're bidding out different, um, you know, opportunities, you know, they kind of look at you and say, mm, I don't know that you can handle the bulk of this. Mm. I don't know that, you know, you have the capacity because you're you're small and, you know, we usually deal with men, you know, in this type of industry. And and so, you know, I'm, I'm flat footed and confident about what I do when it, when it's time. And so, you know, I get in there and, and I fight with the best of them. And a lot of times we do get the bid, but it's because I stand strong in what I know God called me to. And that was to be greater than I was. So that, uh, listen, that's, that's my totality for entrepreneurship um, with, with being a, um, a new author and even a musician. Um, mu- music is a male dominated industry. True. I'm talking about musicians. Right. That's true. Very rarely do you see um, women pianists, um, organists, like back in the day you did, that was what women did. You know, they played the piano at the church. But but very rarely do you see a plethora of women producers that are out front. And so um, I'm, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to kind of be a trailblazer and to show my two daughters, listen, you don't have to fall into industry standards. You are the standard. Absolutely. You know, you set the standard and then everything else around that falls in place. I think it's imperative that I kind of go back to what you said about your first business and okay. it didn't last as long as your current business. Mm-hmm. However, it was your start. And we need to understand that um, even though we don't succeed necessarily at our initial mm-hmm. projects, not yeah. to give up. That's you right. Know, uh, there, and, and you flourished in that particular role. And now your daughter is a co-owner of that. And I yeah. love the idea of hearing that because, we talk, you know, when I think about that, I think about generational wealth and Come making on. sure that we have a sound foot. Um, yes, sir for our uh, children or our future generations as it relates to uh, financial wealth and financial prosperity and so forth and allowing those generations to flourish as a part of that because she can pass that business down to her her son or daughter or a niece or nephew or what what have you, you know. Um, So I I love to, to hear that. Yeah. So share with me, you know, and I, we, we, we talk a lot to our students, uh, especially our female students, about, you know, uh, stereotypes and how they are looked at differently um, when it comes to competing as it relates to not only schoolwork, but like you said, with you as a, a black female um competing with bid opportunities for your business. How have you met that challenge? Specific, you know, strategies that they could take away from this, not just our students, but the mentees that are looking um, out there. What are some things that you have uh, taken and that you have found to be very successful that you would like to share with them? You know what, if I'm being really honest, um, Dr. Williams, there is probably one principle that I use across the board. And the one principle is I'm not in competition with anybody. I'm not in competition with anybody except for myself. And so so when I go out, when I decide to do something, if I fail, 
it's not because I failed because someone else was better than me. I failed because it just wasn't my time to be in this particular area or this arena. And so when I find myself not in competition, there's less pressure. There's less, there's less disappointment mm. because, you know, society and um, the world will tell you if you don't re reach a certain plateau that you're not great, that you're, you know, that you're not part of. But but I know that I was created for something. And so if I continue to allow other people to dictate who I am, then I'll always be, you know, the description of something instead of having my own descriptors of who I am right. and how I'm able to do and how I'm able to move, because I know what God said to me. Mm -hmm. And so so by and large, the greatest advice that I give myself, even when I feel anxious, because it's good to say, you know, I'm not in competition with anybody, but you'll get in a room and feel like, oh, I got to, I got to, I got to make sure <laughs> I'm ready. I got to, I got to, you know what I mean? Right. And so, yes. so I have to tell myself, you are not in competition with anybody and be yourself, be yourself. If they want you, they want you, not a version of who you are. So as a leader or a CEO of your own company, multiple companies, different mm -hmm. entities or what have you, um, and being an, an intentional leader, how do mm -hmm. you multitask those roles and responsibilities okay. of those various entities that you oversee? <laughs> and that goes in life as far as educators are concerned. How do we mm -hmm. multitask? What are some things that you do in order to be effective? <laughs> And assure that you are successful in what you're trying to do for your clients. That's an excellent question. Um, still working on a lot of that. Still working on balance. But I'll say that I first start with a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> That's always helpful. Not, a nice, gotcha. strong yes, cup of coffee. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but but the other thing that. Um, I did and I continue to do is I surround myself with support. So, so it's hard to balance when you have so many irons in the fire, but you have to make sure that you surround yourself with a support, um, a support group that is able to balance one, you, two, your schedule, and three, that are not intimidated by you. They can say, hey, that's too much. No you know, sit down. No, we don't have to do that today. And so, so I do have a lot of irons in the fire. And so first my family tells me, Hey, you've done a lot this week. You might want to take some time or, you know, the staff that I work with, with the choirs, they'll say, Hey, don't worry about this. We have this, you take care of this. And so the balance comes when I'm intentional about my schedule. You know, the podcast is intentional leadership. One of the, the leadership responsibilities we have is to be intentional about what we take on mm -hmm. and what we say yes and no to. Very good. And so we don't have to say yes all very the time. Very good. Very good. You know what I mean? Come yes. on. Come on. We don't have to say yes all the yes. time. And so that's, that's one of the things mentee. that I do. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> you have to say no. You yeah, know, we you have do. to say no. And then, you know, in leadership, you have to prioritize the priority. What Ooh, is the, the priority? I yes, want sir. everyone to recognize that as a leader, she says something that is so powerful. We talk about this quite often with multiple individuals that are in leadership. Mm -hmm. Having that team, that support that Man. is there to make sure the vision becomes a reality. 
And that's getting the right people on the bus. Or in my particular case, it's the right people on that red truck. What, come on, yeah. with the red truck in the pickup. Right. I'll that's, be in the back. I'll <laughs> be in right. the back of the truck. Are you traveling in the same yeah. direction that I'm going? And if not, that's then right. you, I don't need you. You are a human resource where yes. there are other resources, but I want to make sure I have the right person on the yep. back of that red truck. Yes, sir. Can I can I interject something right sure, here? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Williams, to that point, um, when I first came on, there were some challenges that I had when I first came on to the choir. There were some challenges that I had because there was an established work and there was a, an established group. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I wanted to scale the, the uh, organization up. But I also knew that what had traditionally been done would not work going forward. And so some people decided they wanted to get off of the bus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, Mm -hmm. so instead of feeling like I had been abandoned, I had to reset. And God just reminded me that you can't put new wine in old wine skin, Mm. meaning you can't put something new in something old because it won't be able to to contain it. It won't be able to hold it. And so a lot of times in business, we'll discard people. And it's not, we, we don't necessarily have to discard them, but their place is no longer in the front seat right. or their place is no longer on the truck or on the bus. However, you still are a resource for me, for me if you are dedicated to the work. You don't have to be dedicated to me, but if you're dedicated to the work, we can both still win and the organization or the student or whatever can still move forward if we're able to amicably. Amicably, yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, not enough coffee yet. That, that's okay. Um, <laughs> but if we are able to to coexist and coincide and say, hey, we have a common a common goal, common um, uh you know, uh, enemy and let's walk together or let's, you know, let's decrease together. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I want in business for us not to be so quick to discard people, but understand that everybody has a place and everybody, you know, it may not be with me right now, but if we both have a desire and a love for the organization or for the child, we can both work together and make sure that we move forward for the benefit of whatever that is. I think that's a really good, um, talking point whereas you have may have been on the back of the bus or you may have been on the back of the the, the, the red truck but now the, sh- the 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 person that was in the the passenger seat mm-hmm. it may change or shift based upon yeah. the need you know That's we true. may have to change That's who's true. you know who's driving who's steering and who's co- who co- who's co-captain and we yes, need sir. to be oh, oh, aware of that um yeah so that's that's powerful. That's powerful. So mentees, I want you to think about that. You know, not all the time individuals on that particular team may need to be in that particular role at that that's time. Right. And it doesn't mean we need to get rid of them or discard them. But yeah. for this particular goal or outcome, they're not needed as much as yeah. someone else. So that's we right. shift seats, you Come know. On. And those individuals, but we don't get rid of them. So I, yeah, I just want to make sure good. we talk about that. I definitely want to get into the book. Talk to me about what inspired <laughs> you to to write the book. And there's a, a particular topic within the book I want to talk about um, mm-hmm. and, and, and really kind of dive into it a little bit. So just talk to me about the book now. Well, I, I, I wrote the book out of the hard place. 
um, because um, it's, you know, it's 50 years. I turned 50 um, in November of last year. And uh, I welcome decided I had wanted to. Would you say welcome to the club? Come on, club. welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, it feels good, and thank you, AARP. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I want I have been wanting to write a book for a long time, um, and I wanted to share because people will look at you. You know, Dr. Williams, they'll look at you. You know, students will look at you. Uh, colleagues will look at you, and assume that there is no backstory because you look good every day. You, you know, you come with your, you know, shoes on your feet instead right. on your head, you know, so they don't, they don't understand that there was, there was some cheerleading that had to go on some days to get you up out of the bed or, you know, um, there were some, some life lessons that you had to remember just to stay sane. And so I wanted to be able to share because people don't know my backstory and very, very briefly, my mom died when I was 15 in a horrific car accident on her way to church. Mm. And I was supposed to be in the car with her. I, I had just started my sophomore year of high school. And so from that day, my life changed. And so, you know, there was there was a sense of loss. She was already a single parent. My dad wasn't really involved in my life. Um, so I had to live with my grandparents who were 40 years my senior. And so to maneuver through one of the most defining times of my life, um, without my mom, who she and I were close, you know, it wasn't like, you know, I was estranged from my mom. We spent every day, all day together, you know, except for when she was at work or I was at school. And so um, there were some lessons that kept me sane and some things that that kept me upright. And so it was like, I want to share with everybody how I made it and, you know, how I continue to make it. So that was the reason that I wrote the book. I think that it's phenomenal. And there's a, a, a section that it talks about let's be clear. If you're mm. unclear on who you are, others won't be when they define you. Kind of yeah. elaborate about that particular topic or, or a subject area. You have a quote that you say, you have <laughs> to be good with you even when others aren't, Mia. Listen. Now that touched me. me. That hit me. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. because um, if you're unclear about who you are, when I say unclear, if you're not if you're not sure of your path, that's one thing. But if you're not sure of what makes you you, then other people will begin to define you and they'll tell you who you are. That's where bullies come in. Mm -hmm. Bullies will tell you you're not this, you're not that or insecure people, which are usually bullies, will tell you. You know, they'll project their insecurities onto you. And so they'll tell you what you're incapable of. And so if you don't know who you are when you wake up in the mornings, when I wake up in the mornings, I'm not the most friendly. I know that <laughs> when I wake up, I know that, you know, my body style is not what I want it to be. And so I deal with that, you know, on a day to day basis. However, it does not define me. And so as I go throughout the day, I try to, you know, be very present in moments. How do I feel in this moment? Somebody says something to me. So how am I going to respond? Let me take a minute before I respond. Those are the things that help shape and define us. And so as people say things, when I know who I am, I'm not really thrown off by what you say about me because I already know who I am. So it, either I take it as helpful or I take it as a lie. And so, so, so growing up, 
I was always a big girl. I, I've always been a plus size girl. And so in that uh, chapter of Let's Be Clear, my grandfather, I wanted to try out for, um, I wanted to be a cheerleader. I was in the seventh, eighth grade. And I, I'm not playing. I was probably this size that I am right now in the seventh, eighth grade. And so uh, my mother was an assistant cheerleader, a cheerleading coach. And so she couldn't, you know, she couldn't be biased or whatever. And so I had to um, to audition in front of the, the head coach. So I went home that day once, you know, I decided I was going to do it. And I told my grandfather, I said, I'm going to try out for the cheerleading squad. And he said, girl, you're too fat to be a cheerleader. Oh, what do you say that for? <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad at him. I was so mad. I wanted to kick him. I bet. And so I was like, oh, my God. And so I cried for a few minutes. And then I said, you can either take what he said or you can either cast it away as a lie. Mm. And so for me, it was a lie because I knew what was in me. I didn't know how it was going to come Ooh, out, that's good. but I knew that I had to that's try. Mm -hmm. And so all day I kept trying because I had to turn a cartwheel and I had to do the splits. Well, when you got big thighs, child, you got to figure out how to get them thighs split out so you can <laughs> get the splits. And, and after about three or four hours, I was able to do a cartwheel and I was able to do the splits. And I called him back outside and I said, Grandpa, watch this. And I did it. And he said, oh, my goodness. I owe you an apology. I'm so proud of you. Wow. But by then I was already proud of myself. Mm -hmm. So whatever he said after that was just an added bonus. Right. But I have proven to myself who I was. So if you don't know who you are, people will define you. And if I had let him say that I was never going to be a cheerleader, they wouldn't be calling me Mama Mia in 20. 22, because that's my nickname from being a cheerleader. All right. All right. <laughs> Success story. Never quit. Never quit. And yeah. my thing is allow, allow others to motivate you. But also what you said was critical. It was about you. It was about me. It was about you made that 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 mindset, that shift in mindset where I'm going to accomplish this goal and I'm going to yes, put sir. the work in. Uh, the time in to be able to do so. How can yes, we get sir. a copy of this book? Please uh, share with us how can we get a copy <laughs> of this book? Well, listen, I'm I'm in good company on Amazon with the Intentional Leadership yes, by you Dr. Are. Ross F. Williams Jr. Yes, yes. Uh, so yes, you can go to Amazon.com. You can type in Mia Ramsey or you can type in Out of the Hard Place. Uh, it is available through Amazon in paperback and uh, a digital copy is available as well. Or you can go to my website, MiaRamsey.com and just collect uh, or select purchase the book. And uh, I'll ship it to you. If you purchase it through me, it takes a little longer, but I'll definitely um, uh, sign your book, sign your copy and make sure that I send that with a couple of um, special, special items that I send in the mail with it. So yeah, MiaRamsey.com or on Amazon.com. Wonderful. You all, Mitties, get you a copy of Out of a Hard Place by Mia Ramsey, 50 Things I've Learned in 50 Years. At the end of the show, and I mean, it, it, it has happened so fast, there are questions that I always ask, and I want you to answer with honesty <laughs> and integrity, which I know you have. Yes, <laughs> Question number one, what motivates you? My family. My family motivates me. Um, I want to leave a legacy for my children, and I want to be able to stand confidently with my husband and know that I've been the best wife and I've provided the best opportunities for our family um, by going after my goals and my dreams. Fantastic. How do you inspire others? 
I think I inspire others by just being myself. Um, what you see with me is what you get. It doesn't matter if I'm at the grocery store, if I'm on the Intentional Leadership Podcast. Um, it really doesn't matter. And so the, the compliment that I get um, usually from my friends, family, and even, even strangers, uh, they always say, you make me feel like I've always known you. And I say, I don't know how to be anybody else. For me, that is traditionally and historically who I am. I'm going to always be me and I'm going to show up as me. I, I, don't, I don't know how to fit into anyone else's um, ideas or clothes. So um, I inspire others by just being myself and giving them the confidence to just be themselves. And final question. Mm -hmm. When you think about transformation, how have you as a leader or influencer transformed the mindset for desired outcomes? Let me, if I can, I'm just going to read this out of the book. It's very quick. And this is how I did it, uh, Dr. Williams. I said, change may not always be welcomed, but it's inevitable, especially when it's in you. When she, this is a quote. When she transformed into a butterfly, the caterpillar spoke not of her beauty, but of her weirdness. They wanted her to change back into what she had always been, but she had wings. Wow. When you know what's in you, it's inevitable that change happens, even when you're not trying to make it happen. It's evolution. I couldn't have said it any better. Mitties, get a copy of this book. It has been a pleasure, as always, seeing you yes, and speaking with you. Until next time, remember, the genesis of change begins from within. Have a great day.